and then getting jiggy with it. I didn't know if that was was that really good back in the time because I feel like I still hear. I it. think it was only good if you were nine years old. So I'm wondering if how old you were when that came out. Because right, exactly. I remember Jess was like, "I may not. This may not work out." You had Will Smith CDs as a uh, college student. Yes, I'm gonna own it. I did. <laughs> let, let the Twitter let the Twitter trolls roll. I'm, you I'm know fine. what? But the Jess's parents were probably happy to see that you had a Will Smith CD <laughs> in your case logic because that means that you were a virgin. June's in the books. Uh, it is summertime, finally. And, you know, you can still get outside responsibly. A little fun in the sun. Uh, we could all use it. That includes me. I'm going to be taking uh, my family on vacation here soon uh, up to Montana, where I will be hitting the trails in my tree dashers from Allbirds. Sponsor of the Greenlight Pod, of course. Lightweight, tough, made of all natural materials. They're a friend of the environment, guys. Uh, and when you put these shoes on, they're the type of uh, shoe that make you want to get out there and get after it. And uh, they look good. They feel good. In football, we say look good, feel good, play good. Same thing with all birds, whether you're on the trail or just out and about. Uh, even in social distancing, if somebody's like eight feet away, it's good to see that you got nice shoes on. All birds got that handled. Thrilled to have them as a sponsor. Allbirds has been with us for a couple weeks now officially. Go check out the tree dashers at allbirds.com. Okay, welcome to Greenlight Pod. It is Wednesday. Um, sports are not, they're just not catching my attention right now. I don't know if I'm getting over sports. It's sacrilege to say. I mean, I'll, I'll welcome it when it comes back. But okay, Cam Newton signed with the Patriots. Um, some people think he didn't, he didn't sign for enough money. Um, I'll have somebody on at some point to talk about that, but I'm not that interested in, in the NFL right now because I don't even know if the season is going to happen, quite frankly. Um, and I figured we'd fill the time with something fun. And I get this concept about 90s music. So naturally, I called my high school baseball coach, recurring contributor, guest, Coach Wookie, uh, and he's going to join us to talk uh, – this concept that we thought up, which was basically like 90s songs that you that you didn't expect to age well, that aged well. Unexpectedly well-aging 90s billboard top 100, top 40 type music. I guess a disqualifier would be the music can't be thought of as the consensus being that this is good music. I mean, there's a lot of people that are probably going to stick their, their nose up at a lot of uh, the songs that we're going to talk about and the bands we're going to talk about, but we don't care because we both experienced the 90s, different times in our life, uh, different ages, stages. But my baseball coach from high school, Wookie McGrain, is here. To, uh... And Chris, I, I dare anyone to hit the skip button on any of the songs we're about to go through. It's going to cut. If it came on the radio, nobody skips them. No, I, I agree. I mean, especially if you're alone in your car, though. I think there's like a factor. Oh, oh completely. Completely. Yeah. Yeah. So some of this music that we're going to talk about is, uh, 
it's going to be the type of music that if you're in the car with three, four people and like collective soul comes on, you might be like quietly in your head, like collective soul was kind of dope. But, I'm okay with it if you are. But two, three people in the car, they might, they might not share that sentiment. And maybe they do, but they share it quietly and you just keep driving and change the channel. Yes. So I, I, guess, I guess the big question is, I, there's, there's no clean way to do this. The, the thesis here is music that we didn't think would age so well. Now, there's a lot of subjectivity um, w w when it comes to this. It is, uh, it's all a matter of taste. You know? and, and some of these bands that we're going to talk about and some of these songs that we're going to talk about, we might sit here and say, or somebody might, listening might say, like, they were never bad. Like, for me, okay, every kid in the 90s, and let me paint a picture of where I was in the 90s, and you can do the same, Wookie. But... I was, you know, a teenager, uh, a preteen. You know, at, at one point when I when I went to go get my first CDs, and I've talked about this a lot, my first two CDs I ever got were, was uh, Super Unknown, uh, Soundgarden, and Live, Lightning Crashes. You know, that whole, wh whatever, the Throwing Copper was, was the album, but, but the song, the single that drew me to that album was Lightning Crashes. So, you know, being a nine-year-old picking that stuff up to, to going through the incubus stage where you're like starting to, have a mustache and get boners and that sort of thing like <laughs> it's you know this 90s music took me through every stage of 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 my boyhood uh and uh you know it shaped a lot of experiences this was a time when everybody had posters like kids had posters a lot of, a lot of us didn't understand the music that we had on the posters whether it was DMX <laughs> I had every DMX poster I had my parents go get a big cork board. That was my Christmas present one year. They cork boarded my whole wall so I could put as many posters from Spencer's as possible to go with my black lights and my lava lamps. You know, I, I, you had it all. Um, yeah, Everybody had the Sublime poster, 40 Ounce to Freedom, the sun with all that shit in the middle. Yep. For me, it was my teenage time. It was an awkward time. How about for you, Wook? So I'm a little bit older. And so <laughs> for me, fall of 96 is like... Uh, Wookie in his prime. Just imagine me, I'm wheeling around in a Nissan Pulsar uh, with the T-tops off. For those of you that don't know Nissan Pulsar with T-tops, it's like a go-kart. It's very small. So for those of you that know cartoons, just imagine the Grape Ape. That was me. Um, but I had the, I had the, you know, it was this cheap little car where you go to stay, where you save up all your money and go to Stereo City so you can get the pop-off CD face because back in the time, like, Stealing CD players out of cars was like the crime to do. It definitely um, looks like a car that a European guy in the 90s would be driving. Yeah, so just imagine my big old ass in there. <laughs> so whipping around in that, I just signed my letter of intent to go to the University of Virginia and play some baseball. I was like as cool as I thought I could be in that moment. For me, the 90s are like pe the way people view the 80s. It's like a heyday. In fact, I'm upset that, you know, you know, bars have 80s night. I'm like, hey, it's about damn time we have a 90s night. Yeah, you know what? And and I do think the 90s have gotten kind of just buried. A bad rap. Yeah, bad rap. I, and as we're listening to a lot of this music, it's not like um, things were ever simple. Maybe it was age, but the 90s were a simpler time. Look, all I'm saying is it's time for the 90s to get the 80s music respect. It absolutely deserves that. And there's also a lot of good movies that came out in the late 90s, early 2000s. And that little stage there, you go down a movie rabbit hole in that, in that time period, there were a lot, there's a lot of art that got, you know, 
Left for Dead, a lot of these singles we're talking about. Here, here's what here's a perfect example for me. And by the way, this was a time, you know, where you had to go download your music on Napster. Oh, I mean, yes. you didn't have a CD book. Yes. I had the Case Logic CD book. Did you? I had multiple Case Logic CD books. I mean, like, first off, I had the CDs. And when you have CDs as a teenager, one of the biggest uh, decisions you have to make is, am I going to be the guy that stacks all my CDs in one of those CD cases that people put next to their giant TVs that weigh like 600 pounds? Or am I going to be a guy with a case logic thing and ditch the album art and the, uh, the little pamphlet that goes in the album? Because in the 90s, that was cool. Like the hard case CD was cool. But if you had 100 CDs, it was kind of cumbersome, not to say cumbersome three times. And, it was, and like you didn't go drive to the beach or drive to your buddy's house without your, w- without your case. So I opted for the case, not the tower, because I needed to go mobile with them. And you all, well, I wasn't, I didn't really have a lot of mobility in the uh, mid 90s. When I, you know, early 2000s, I got, yeah, I got my, my license and whatnot. Uh, I did, you know, but that makes sense. There's something to be said for a couple of these bands here. And a couple of these these songs that we're going to talk about, like if we're doing a top ten for songs that age better than we thought, that were like kind of top forty garbage, etc. Some of these bands, a lot of people are holier than thou on. I would be judged if I were listening to them, but we're actually very successful, very good bands. Like Oasis, for one, you talk about that poster era. Everybody had uh, what's the story? Morning Glory, the yep. album poster on the wall it's one of the most recognizable album covers by the way it's very it's rip pop okay i think a lot of people hate oasis because of what they said about the beatles i don't care for the beatles that's no secret on the green light pod so that's not a strike against them Uh, (laughs) except the quiet beetle i think oasis is one that you look at and you're like oasis had some poppy shit and they were wildly popular but are they bad music? Can they count as having aged better than we thought? We always knew Oasis was pretty good, right? Yeah, like Wonderwall. Oh, that was like a prom song of the year back then. Oh, yeah. Well, that was prom time for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I, you know, and I think Oasis, you know, you get stuck on Wonderwall, but they had a lot of other hits that were a little darker and a little harder than that. I think they were good. I don't think they can count as garbage. Yeah, I don't think so either. I mean... um, What's the story, Morning Glory? That was like the most popular album, right? That's the one that blew up. Some people think it's the most important Britpop, you know, album and all that. You know, the album is so 90s British, too. It's like this street that's obviously too too tight to be an American street. And like these two dudes with the blurry uh, kind of filter they put on all the album covers yep. back then are walking by each other. Baggy Oxford shirts, blurry photography. Don't Look Back in Anger really still slaps. But my buddy put on Morning Glory the other day. Shout out to Tom Paquette, which was on that album. And Morning Glory is a fucking raging good time, even in 2020. Even in 2020. And and also definitely maybe was the album before it. And that was a solid album too. Slide Away, Live Forever, Still Slap. So if anybody's wondering why we left off Oasis, they might be one of the bands that, you know, we 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 probably aren't going to consider bad enough or looked over enough to put them on this list right but worth giving them another listen i mean that's been the most fun part about this is i've been just rocking out on 90s just trying to find just a mental debate of were they garbage was it garbage and does it still work today it's been quite the fun exercise well what's not been fun for me um has been like 
my wife using the restroom, knocking at the door, and I'm sitting on the toilet at midnight listening to 90s music. Naturally, I'm listening to Bitch by Meredith Brooks, you know, and uh, just blasting yeah. it. And, 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 and I don't particularly like the song, but it's an exercise. You got to, this is, it's like being a method actor. You really have to dive deep into this stuff. You have to listen to 90s for a few, few days. That, that's when, when your wife's like, what you up to? And, you know, you're listening to Barbie Girl or like Don't Speak by No Doubt. It's Which, hard to justify I, what you're I was there, living. I was there with you too. In fact, my wife reminded me that I still have my Case Logic CD collection in the house. To prove it, I even FaceTimed you and we did a little walk through that. And it was, there's a lot of garbage in there. There was, a, it, quite literally, did you have the, uh, that garbage CD? Remember the band Garbage? I had it. Yes. It's, and just, you know, she reminds me that, when she first saw my CD case, when we first started dating, she almost decided that I wasn't the guy. She almost like saw, she saw the CD case and she was like, I don't know if I can do this. Really? She reminds me of it. Yeah. It's, oh gosh. My CD case is like the living version of like now music volume, you know, now volume. Oh, so she wasn't judging you on the fact that you were a CD hoarder guy. You were. I had bad taste. Bad taste. Okay. Blues Traveler, I'm not going to put Hook on here. When you look up like some of the best songs of the 90s that were very commercially successful, they peaked at 23 on the billboard for this. But Hook by Blues Traveler would be a number one if you're going to count it. I'm not going to put it on the list because it's a good song. I don't care if it's poppy because the lyrical content actually was making fun of pop music. So it's kind of in this, this zone. I had Zombie as well um, by the Cranberries. It's a political protest song about the IRA and two kids getting blown up in, in you know, in a um, in like a pipe bomb attack. I mean, so how can you call that poppy just because our dumb asses in America were like, oh, it's all about playing? zombies. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine? Because as you scroll through some of this, look like some Rage Against the Machine is on some of this top 40. So like Rage Against the Machine was commercially successful in the 90s, a la Cranberries, like you're not listening to the words. No, but but there have but the comeback of Rage has been awesome. Watching everybody kind of self-out themselves on yeah. not knowing what the music was. Yeah. Some of my favorite Twitter moments are the guy that's like, Rage is too political now. I'm not listening to him. It's like, dude, okay. they've been that way since the 90s. I can tell I you love it. listening to the words then. And and so can you imagine if uh if that stuff came out now, oh, it would be so buried. That's Antifa music. <laughs> that damn Anti Antifa. That's instead, of, instead of explicit lyrics, it'd be labeled communist lyrics. Oh, yeah, yeah. Trump would have that shit shut down if it ever came out today. But but uh, Paul Ryan used to, to openly admit oh. to jamming to Rage Against the Machine, which is walking Rage Against Paul Ryan. <laughs> that, was, that was the best little own. on. That was one of the better owns on Twitter. Oh, for sure. So we got, you know, Blues Travelers out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Zombie out of here. Oasis is too good. And by the way, go down that rabbit hole if you haven't lately. It is tremendous. Um, and another one. Can I put Sublime on this or no? So I think you should. In fact, didn't somebody just do a new cover of one of their songs on some pop station? I don't know. I they should, though. Somebody was covering. I think they should make it. Um, Mostly because I, I think that uh, there's a lot of good stuff in those albums that isn't played enough. So I feel like you should talk about it because they deserve to be aging better than they are. 
yeah. feel like there's a lot of sublime stuff that should be making its way back into people's ears. So by all means, we should talk about it. Yeah, okay. So I might slide one of their songs on, but I'll just say I'm here to defend them for sure. I mean, like the ska kind of influence stuff kind of sucked a little bit, but they yeah, had Mighty, Mighty, Mighty Mighty Boston's did not make my list. Mighty Mighty Boston's can make uh they might actually make my bad songs list. Exactly. Are they the ones that sing knock on wood? They're the ones that's like the impression that I get. Yeah, that's that's the same Famous song. From- well, the reason why I come across some of this is, you know, part of my method, if you will. Uh, the first place I had to go when I started this journey into the 90s was through the soundtracks of the of the movies at that oh, time. Yeah, yeah. So I had to go through Clueless, Cruel Intentions, Singles, Reality Bites, Fear, Marky Mark movie, and Romeo and Juliet to kind of whet my appetite, if you will, and, and kind of give me some threads to follow. That's a so great that's way. That, that's a great way because soundtracks were huge in the 90s. They're not so much anymore, I don't feel like. But like speaking of the soundtrack thing, Butthole Surfers I wanted to put on here. The first time I was introduced to Butthole Surfers was Hurdy Gurdy Man, uh, <laughs> which, by the way, has aged beautifully. Butthole Surfers are a good fucking band. Now, I'm going to, uh, spoiler alert, Pepper, which is their biggest commercial hit from the mid 90s uh i still think kind of slaps so it's gonna make my my uh my list here but they had like a very innovative interesting discography they also they also um one of the records were produced by a dude from uh, led zeppelin i can't remember which one but uh they were taken relatively kurt cobain said the butthole surfers influenced them so therefore yeah that's a qualifier for me my favorite is that their name was something different. And I think the story I heard was the first paid gig they ever got. One of their songs was called Butthole Surfer. Mm. And whoever was MC in the event was like, ladies and gentlemen, now taking the stage. And he read the song <laughs> instead of their name. So they called them the Butthole Surfers. And they were like, yeah, that's cool. We'll stick with it. And they just kept the name. So I always thought that was pretty funny. I respect that. And I respect the Butthole Surfers, I'm here to say. But I also res- respect Sublime. And they had good stuff. I think blue check Twitter loves to, you know, get kind of punched down at, at sublime these days is the, is the vibe I get, you know, because of their simplicity or whatever. And then the same blue check turns around and writes a five word essay on chief Keith and drill music and how important it is. So, so. sublime was primetime nineties beach music. Yeah. And if you're a teenager, it represented that 40 ounce to freedom poster on the wall that you had the poster before you had the music. And, you know, you caught up in like 1996, I was 11 years old, and that's when their self-titled album came out. And that's the one that had all the the hits or whatever. But the poster was 40 Ounce of Freedom. And Bradley Noel did not live to see the success of that band. I mean, he had no idea. He would have been 52 now. Um, But, you know, I will totally, they were that band that you kind of got the lyrics. I kind of knew what a Kung Fu grip was because this was the handy, (laughs) this was like the handy time yeah. period for anybody and gi joe exactly santeria could make my list as a spoiler alert but I, but i gotta decide whether they're actually bad or not the song is not bad to me bad fish is popular i love bad fish you can't tell me it's not good the one that didn't age well for me um is uh is their second most popular song what was that song called oh what i got yes what i got is not aged well no i just thought what I got 
was never going to come to my mind because I've forgotten about it so much. No, Sublime. I just want to say we're both we're both Sublime fans. You you got the poster, Spencer's Lava Lamp, Black Light. You knew it was a marijuana and a drinking band, but maybe you weren't there yet. Not at least me. Yeah, I I mean I was late to that. So yeah, but your parents they supported you enough to let you get this poster anyway. Yes, and they had no idea what the fucking poster was about either. Because <laughs> so if they if they listened to some of the words uh, that 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 you know that were in my brain at uh, eleven years old, yeah. Um, so let's uh, let's do a couple. What didn't age well for you? Do Do you have any that you you heard during this time period and you were like, man, that that still sucks bad? Mm, mm. Spin doctors. Spin doctors didn't age well, huh? There was that Two Princes song. I gave that one a shot, and it, I, I still couldn't do it. I mean, my criteria is would I hit skip in the car, and I couldn't do Spin Doctors. Yeah, yeah, you know what? I, I Spin Doctors is a song that's perfectly fine to me, uh, and it's more perfectly fine than I expected it to be. You <laughs> know, because in the 90s, when I'm a kid, I'm like, man, the Spin Doctors kind of aren't, aren't so great. Uh, my taste has evolved a lot, and I got to say, I'm 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 more nu- neutral in a good way than I was. But yeah, Spin Doctors, uh, not great. Lullaby is one of the worst songs of all time by Sean Mullins. Um, I picked it up Ooh. today on um, the Essential Sean Mullins. It's gonna be alright, rockabye. Why not call the song Rockabye? <laughs> like uh, I didn't know what to do with Celine Dion. I didn't know what to do with Seal. Right, like some of those, I'm like, I mean, Celine's aged well, right? She's got a show in Vegas. She had the Titanic hit. Like, listen, I, Celine I Dion is is plenty successful. Um, you know, nobody's wondering what Celine Dion's up to these days. The way you wonder what Candlebox is doing, you know, Celine Dion. And by the way, the Titanic uh, motion picture came at a great time. To, they offered a class at my high school called or middle school. It was called photography and there was a dark room and you know this was a co-ed class oh boy uh, so the titanic you know was was uh was fresh you know the soundtrack yeah. you know everybody had that awkward 13 year old girlfriend uh yeah we were 13 uh just, just qualify that but uh this was the 90s and titanic and celine dion was a big part of it you also said seal the batman soundtrack uh by rose it's by rose you know that was a banger that that banged in uh, in in Pops's truck a lot. Pops's Pops's truck used to rock that. Yeah, Dad used to play. Uh, it surprised some people. Dad used to play a lot of Seal, a lot of Sade. Um, I remember the Sade. We listened out on the boat once. Yeah. Listen, the boat had a pretty tight rotation. Another <laughs> thing about the '90s was you kind of had your music shaped by your parents, you know, tastes and. This was, there was a lot of, I always say Tunnel of Love was, was an automatic Bruce Springsteen on the boat. I think when, in the 90s, I saw Annie Lennox open for Sting at the Nissan Pavilion. Wow. Yeah. I feel like that, yeah. So, therefore, I couldn't. There were a lot of old people having sex after that concert. Yeah, I might as well have gone to a Rod Stewart concert. I mean, totally. Hey, Annie Lennox had that one song. She, she makes the list. That song is terrible. Walking on Broken Glass. Yeah, I don't like the song. No disrespect to Annie Lennox. I just don't like the song. I don't know much of her music, but yeah, for me, that's the very The crowd nice. went crazy when she sang Walking on Broken Glass. Good for her. 
Hey, Runaway Train, Soul Asylum makes my bad bad song list. Um, Air, completely. Yeah, yeah. They also had that kind of that uncreative album cover look, where it's just like we put sepia tone on some obscure picture of two people walking down the street, and we'll call it an album cover. Like that was a big '90s thing to do that kind of distorted filter on pictures. Uh, speaking of filter, it was filter bad because filter. For me, I, I they still slap. Yeah, I I don't know. Hey man, I nice know. shot. Ooh, that was hey filter? man, nice shot is a fucking banger. I'm not putting that. I on. like that song. I didn't know that was filter. Yeah, picture is the one. Take my picture. Oh, one that from that's why I didn't like it. I got you. Okay. Yeah, I was kind of torn on that one. Um, because you want to take my picture? That's filter. Yeah, that's uh, that's 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 filter, and also, and then they also do "Hey Man, Nice Shot." Yeah, they're very rangy. It's one was a song that people <laughs> have uh, have wondered out loud if it was about Kurt Cobain. No bullshit. I don't know if that's true or not. Um, and then there's that 1999 song that was like, you know, "Hey Man, Nice Shot" was like a band on drugs, and then 1999 was like a band trying to make money. And and yes, you know, and 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 picture. By the way, um, if you try to Google picture filter. <laughs> Uh, it's one of the most unsearchable song band combos in, in the Google search engine. I mean, did they know that they were going to be relatively unsearchable by 2020? Filter, no picture? Way. Filter, picture. It's like, dude, I couldn't find... I was looking for facts about the song. I'm like... You got, you know, Kodak, out the, you got Kodak out the wazoo. Yeah, exactly. I got a, yeah, a bunch of Instagram models uh, on the Google when you do that. Um, so yeah, I, I would say filter doesn't, doesn't make it. I, let me... One week... Is that song that uh, one week since you look, you know, bare naked ladies? Oh, I hate that song so much. It almost made my list. I'm glad it didn't. <sighs> Judgment zone. I know. Like I, as I made this list, I was defending. I was thinking of my possible defenses because I feel like this '90s list. You know, people are going to be like, "That's garbage," or "It isn't garbage." So I couldn't defend it. So I left it off. So I'm glad I did. Well. Um... Here's what you do. Anybody young who judges your list, say you're too young, you wouldn't understand. And then people... I got shoes uh, older than you. Exactly. 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 Uh, that song, One Week, though, had you put it on the list. I often tell people, uh, Wookie, Coach Wookie, uh, was a huge part of my success as a professional athlete and as a man. But if you put One Week on your list, I was going to no longer use a point. the reference. Yeah. yeah. Truly, Madly, Deeply by Savage Ooh, oh, is, a, is a terrible... No. Terrible. Terrible. You play the nineties were famous for like the creation of girl and boy. Oh God. The girl and boy band thing I feel like happened in the nineties. Is that is that accurate? Yes, but how miraculous is it that Justin Timberlake has launched the terrific career that he has out of the boy band oh. scene? I so I was one of the people that called that was on that made the statement he won't make it. <laughs> yeah, well, he made he made it and then some, and like somehow is kind of cool. And um, you know, by all accounts, is a super good dude too. So, hey, listen, truly, madly, deeply, they should do a challenge that I don't want to be any part of, but I'd like to see it tried. Just see how long you can ride in the car with one of your buddies uh, before you have to hit stop playing that at high volume. Just you two in the car. All right, let's let's do honorable mentions. What just missed the cut for you? Whew. Well, so the first one that I'd want to talk about would be because I didn't know what to do with it. Would be James would be laid 
um, by James. Mm -hmm. I feel like it wasn't garbage at the time. It was a hilarious song. Um, I don't think people even know, like I told someone today that I was, you know, thinking about that song they listened to it and they're like, Oh my God, it's awesome. So that one was like, was it really bad or not? I don't know, but I think you should give James Laid a listen. I mean, the, the lyrics used to just crack me up and it was one of those okay. things where if you blasted it, your, your, your mom would be mad because she hated the lyrics. It's about sex. Obviously. So, um, so obviously, because some bands like the the presidency of the United States of America had a song called Peaches that was not actually about peaches. <laughs> Fair. In, in music, sexual innuendo is a well-beaten path. Uh, so others that were just barely ma- missing, it was either for criteria, like they didn't suck, and maybe that, you know, I don't know where I'd put them, but uh, Gangster's Paradise by Coolio. Yeah. Um, what was the soundtrack that that, that was... Um, Dangerous Minds. Dangerous Minds. Thank Michelle you. Michelle Pfeiffer. Like, I think Fiona Apple was good back in the day. So I don't know if I can count criminal, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Closer to Free by the Bodines was a good one. Okay. Yeah, I saw that on your list. Um, I didn't know what to do with that one. And then getting jiggy with it, I didn't know if that was... Was that really good back in the time? Because I feel like I still hear I it. I think it was only good if you were nine years old. So I'm wondering if how old you were when that came out. Right, exactly. And remember, Jess was like, I may not, this may not work out. You had Will Smith CDs as a uh, college student? Yes. I'm going to own it. I did. <laughs> let, let, the Twitter, let the Twitter trolls roll. I'm, you I'm know fine. what? But the Jess's parents were probably happy to see that you had a Will Smith CD <laughs> in your case logic because that means that you were a virgin. <laughs> oh, oh man all right your turn okay so uh some honorable mentions for me uh let's see i i guess i did i again seven mary three cumbersome aged better than i thought they came from this whole genre of music that was like creed collective soul it was a subcategory of bands uh, that ended every word with yeah, you know, like like crash, te- like crash test dummies with that weird sound. Well, yeah, I mean, I I uh, it was just every word just ends in a no. Yeah, the end of every yeah, yeah. It's hard, to, it's hard to do it. it. They, but I think it was an offshoot of like they were trying to do the Seattle grudge grunge thing, and a few of those bands I think were from Seattle. But uh, Seven Mary Three was from William and Mary. Yes, dude. How about that? Exactly. I was about to hit you with that, and and far from far from grunge. Yeah, they people thought they imitated Pearl Jam, like emerging from the scene, and you know, like everybody up in 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 Seattle, like there's like heroin needles everywhere. It's real grungy. Like Williamsburg is like the place of of Revolutionary War reenactments, and like and people still dress up in Colonial Williamsburg. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but somehow they kind of made it work. And by the way, uh, Days of the New Touch, uh, Peel, and Stand is a good one too. In the same category there but they kind of sounded um some of these bands sounded like pearl jam some of them sound like alice in chains and creed of course you know was the pinnacle of that sub genre there i will say peaches by presence of the united states of america a band that i went back to had a few lump if you remember lump yep you remember kitty uh yeah they won the award that's like hey look remember this band like i'm not gonna put them on my list because I, I never thought they were trash they weren't popular enough to be trash but they flirted with popularity, but they're not good enough, you know, when it comes to a second listen to make the list. Um, And the most interesting part about Presence of the United States of America, 
and this was heartwarming. When you looked them up on Wikipedia to see if they're still touring, they actually made it to 2018, but they're not doing it anymore. Uh, they're, they broke up. It's not about heroin. It's not about band members fighting each other or fucking each other's girlfriends. It's about the band, quote, becoming old people now. The band members are old people now. So that's why they broke up. Which is their, final, their final show was what, like Mall of America 2018? But what I love is that they, this is a quote from somebody in the band that they didn't take themselves seriously enough to make up some like, you know, emo reason. They were just like, we're kind of just old suburban dad looking dudes now. And we don't do, you know, so we don't really do rock and roll anymore. I just oh, awesome. them for not forcing that. You know, lightning crashes. We talked about that. You know, sentimental. One of the a little heavy for a nine, ten year old kid. You know, it's about death and childbirth and yeah. But anyways, they 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 probably just missed the cut for me. I want to give a big shout out to um two of the best female voices in the '90s here. So Joan Osborne. Okay, what if what God, if God was, was one of us? Hey, uh, yeah, absolutely. That motherfucker spitting. You know how they say yeah. that on the internet? That MF spitting, dude. Joan Osborne was dropping truth in, in the 90s on my 10-year-old brain. Like, listen, she really, I don't know if I liked the song much, but the lyrical content was very, uh, I, I sat and thought about it in my room on my Walkman. I had the Joan Osborne. By the way, she, for anybody that watches Alone in the Arctic on Netflix, she is a dead ringer for the chick that came in second place in season six, by the way. And shout out to Jordan from Lynchburg, Virginia, who won the whole thing. McGrain, the show's amazing. Did you, did you, but what Walkman did you have? Did you have the Sportman? The orange one. Yes. The, the yellowish orange one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. The one that had like the, the clip over for extra protection in case you dropped it. Yeah, if you dropped it, the last thing you wanted. Could you imagine to working out now with a Walkman? No, I can't. I mean, like, where do you put it? Can you really work out with a Walkman? I mean, like the the, exactly. cord, the cord, it's so heavy. The cord is so stiff and gets so bunchy that, the, the, you know, that you're going to get a rash or a skinny or and, had, ears. and they had those old foam headphones where as soon as you yeah. sweat. And as fun. soon as it fell off, it fucking hurt your ear, bro. It was like, exactly. I'm out four six weeks with a under the foam Walkman, you know, headphone injury. I, it's like, yeah. And also, if it dropped and your CD, the worst sound in the world was your CD, same thing went for DVDs and Blu-ray, where they fell on the ground on concrete and just rolled around for a second. You're like, that's not coming out. <laughs> and everybody sold the CD scratch kits and not a single one of them worked. None of them worked, bro. None of them worked. Of them. By the way, and I don't want to leave this out here because I talked about Joan Osborne. The woman who had the voice of the 90s, um, Natalie Merchant. Okay. Oh, 10,000 maniacs. Heck yeah. All right. Great voice. Kind and generous was her kind of big sing single, but um, Wonder was a great song too. Natalie Merchant, good vibes. Probably just missed the cut in 2020. Uh, but, but, you know, those two leading ladies in the 90s were terrific. Also, Gwen, Gwen Stefani was, she's still a rock star. I think yeah. Cheryl Crow was great. Cheryl Crow. Probably there's probably a song on here. Um, when did that song about when the sun comes up over Santa Monica Boulevard? When did when did that song come out? Early '90s, probably. I might put that on the list. Really? Yeah, that was a good one. Um, anyways, th those are songs for me that kind of miss 
missed the cut a little bit. Why don't you give me your 10 through 5 so we can get this thing to be a little climactic? Okay. All right. So 10, I'm sticking with it. They're not on the fence. Number 10 is James Lade. Got it. James Lade. Commitment. Nine and eight are a bit of a push for me. Okay. Um, they're interchangeable. I got Candlebox far behind and low by Cracker. I mean, listen, I think both of those are low on your list. I, I Candlebox is... Really? I, I, I think I got some sleepers up in the top five then. Because, you know, low was... I think that song still has got a little bit... I, I mean, I think that song still hits. Dude, it really slaps. It, it, it's got a shot of my top five. Candlebox far behind. Like, as soon as the opening of that song comes on, you're like, oh, my God, that's Candlebox. But then you're like, but what the hell is that song title? Bro, it's it's in the Hall of Fame of songs that you don't remember. It's far behind, right? Or so far yeah, behind? Yeah, far behind, I think. Far behind. Not so far behind. It's just you're just a little far behind. And But when that opening hits, you're like, oh, my God, that's Candlebox. Like, I knew instantly. I have it written down in my notes for consideration as So Far Away by Candlebox. <laughs> it's a great song, dude. And it, they sound, they have a Three Doors Down vibe. Like, I'm pretty sure Three Doors Down studied Candlebox. That album that, you know, in 93 or 94 that had that song So Far Behind or whatever the song is called <laughs> uh, was pretty damn actually good. And I think they get unfairly lumped in with a lot of bad music. All right. So going to seven. I'm Too Sexy by Right Said Fred. Do you remember that song? I love that Wookiee's daughter uh, just rolled up behind him as he's talking about the song I'm Too Sexy by Right Said Fred. Exactly. Uh, she's going to judge your musical taste. It's such a bad song. I, I, You really could listen to that song right now? Oh, totally. I did. When it hit on the radio, I was like, it's still funny. It's still <laughs> funny. You're not hitting skip on that because you're like, oh, my God, this is so funny. I think you'd have to be like at a party that people are having fun in the daytime by a pool. Look, that song comes on at a party. That song comes on anywhere, and it's immediately laughs in a good time. Mm -hmm. I don't think yeah. it ages. It's still fun. Okay. I, I, okay. And the, half the reason I have to be really defensive is because if you don't like seven, you're sure as hell not going to like six, which is I Touch Myself by the Divinals. Can you sing that song? <laughs> when I think about you, I touch myself. Oh, I don't know. Anybody else? Okay, I know the song. I know the song. <laughs> yeah, you know what? That's just very 90s, so I respect it. Also, like, um, yeah, again, different times for you and me. You were uh, you were damn near in college when that song came out. Yeah. Um, and then five for me would be uh, Tub Thumping by Chumbawamba. I dare you not to rock out to that. When they sing, I get knocked down, but I get up again, come on. That'll you know, fire you up. You know, um, it's a fun song. It reminds me of like, you know, what it reminds me of like New Year's parties where you snuck out or like field parties. Yeah. Because I was a preteen and, you know, this reminds me of like very early Stone Age beer buzzes. You know, like you had a beer or two, you snuck out of the house and there were girls. Chumbled so for the longest time, I thought the whole I get knocked down, but I get up again was about puking and rallying. Tell me it's not about something else. I don't know what it's really about, but it was kind of like the war song for Puke and Rally. Yeah, it's got to be. I mean, there's there's no way that song don't don't ruin the whole show by telling me otherwise. It can't yeah. be. 
it's got to be about that. So all right, that's my that's my five, and I'm telling you, I I'm really excited about I'm really excited about my top five. Okay, so my my ten through five. Before we get there, I left off a couple honorable mentions. I don't want to disrespect um, one headlight by the Wallflowers. Um, this. Oh wow! Yeah, that's a good song. It is a good song, but my argument for leaving it off is that I don't ever thought. I think in the '90s I thought it was good, and I, Fair. I think it's been overplayed to the point where it's bad. I think it's fringe top ten. There's going to be some that are going to make the list that I don't like as much as as uh, one headlight, but they've exceeded expectations more. Okay, he's Dylan's son. Is, is that, it? That- Jacob Dylan, I think it's Bob Dylan's son. Really? Yeah. So I don't. So I feel like just calling it bad is a knock on Bob Dylan too, and that's not good. He also did. He kind of looks like him, so that makes sense. Yeah. You know, I I always thought he had like a real good manly like Chevy voice. Yeah. He actually has a better voice than Bob Dylan. Well, yeah. I mean, now for sure. Now it's like mumbling, but. Right. Yeah, but even like like Bob Dylan, it was never about the voice. Bob Dylan is is a legend, but it was never about the voice to me. It was also he had an interesting voice. So I don't know that. Yeah, I I don't know. Bob's voice is very Bob Dylan, and that's who can pull it off. Fair. If that makes sense. Um, I'll also want to want to give a shout out to Silverchair for any of you out there listening. Silverchair is an Australian band uh, from the early to mid '90s. They had um, a the album, the album cover with a frog, the frog with a frog, and the hit was "Tomorrow." Tomorrow still really slaps. Um, Tomorrow, I just I don't think it's ever been bad, so I'm gonna leave it off the list. I don't think I ever I ever had a thought in my head that that song wasn't a banger. They just didn't have a lot of a lot of other songs. Um, by the way, they they made albums into the 2010s, which is crazy. Fly Away by uh, Lenny Kravitz. Uh, it overcame probably being on like every airline commercial slash sandals vacation. Yep. Had early 2000s commercial to be listenable. And I'm not a Lenny yeah. Kravitz fan. Um, I thought we were going to stop at Fly and talk about Sugar Ray. And I, I was going to have to take well, issue with that. Well, yeah, what's the deal? Do we like Sugar Ray still? I don't think so. I don't think he's gotten better. I also think that that one song probably exceeded expectations a little bit. And it's also iconic. That um, what's, the, what's the song about uh, every morning? There's yeah, or baby, don't I, say a word. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody knows that, that guitar chord or whatever. It, like, they know that tune. It's just gotten, you know, so I, I at least respect that. Praise You, which I don't know that that was ever a bad song, but that's aged well. So my argument for that one is you can't say that song was bad if Christopher Walken was in the was in the music video. You're right. Christopher Walken doesn't show up for shitty songs. Fair. Um, also, you had uh, The Verve on there initially, which I took issue with. Uh, it's a great point. Um, what was the song? Bittersweet Symphony. Do you still have them on your... Nope. Okay, because I think it's a good song. It's just a legitimately always been a good song. I don't think it was bad. I don't think it meets the criteria. I don't think if somebody said, "Go listen to that song," what do you think of it? And I hadn't heard it in twenty years. I'd ever think it was bad. So it's a very soundtracky song. Yeah. It's been played a lot, but it's also very good considering how much it's been played. The Superman's Dead song by um, 
Our Lady Peace. I don't remember that song. You know what? And I just played Superman's Dead for Wookiee, and the reaction says it all. The song slaps. Good. It's good. And that's why I think I'm going to put them in my top 10 at 10 and pull. Um, I'm going to pull Mr. Jones off. And I'll tell you where Mr. Jones was by the Counting Crows. Mr. Jones was sitting pretty at about six. But here's the problem with Mr. Jones. And by the way, August and Everything After is a classic, also a stable in, How, in, in Big Howie's Red Suburban in the mid-90s. I think, yeah. yeah, I think I heard Omaha when he picked me up at the airport in Montana once. It's, it's Omaha on only, that album. Yeah, they were only... And Omaha, by the way, is, is a pretty good song and supposedly a nice city. Yeah, yeah. It is. I've been there for work a bunch of times. So we can confirm that. Mr. Jones... My argument is that I think I thought it was like art, art in the 90s. It is just art with a lowercase a singular in 2020. It is a song. It is a catchy song. Uh, everybody knows, you know, that guitar starts and you know what time it is. And it's a good album. It's a respectable song. But I think I had an inflated idea of it in the 90s because... You know, I didn't think of it as pop in the 90s as a kid. And uh, it certainly was, was, was poppy. And the song's actually about him and the bassist would go to these Hollywood bars and see other musicians that were more recognizable, getting a ton of girls and whatever. And they would just get jealous because they could never get girls. So that's what the song is evidently about. He revealed that in like 2018. So I'm taking Mr. Jones off, Superman's Dead, Our Lady Peace at 10. Number nine, this is going to be polarizing, Walking on the Sun, Smash Mouth, okay? Well, I mean, the first thought you have is All-Star. The first thought I have is the guy had the Guy Fieri tips, he is did. in like wore bowling shirts, because that's kind of the, the, was the thing, you know? Um, but I have respect for this song. If you, I'm not putting it high on the list. I'm just going to tell you, y'all listening out there, go back. Play Walking on the Sun, loud in your car, judgment-free zone. Don't bring anybody so you don't feel awkward. Just face the truth. And the truth is that Walking on the Sun still slaps. Still slaps. I give it four Walkmans. Whereas, yeah, if it's, if it's Primo, you give it a Discman, right? Yeah, you give it four Discmans or five Discmans. It's five. five uh... Anyways. Walking on the Sun for me is is nine. Um, eight. This was a one-hit wonder group here. Marcy Playground, Sex yeah. and Candy. Okay, Sex I didn't. Yeah, I, I I didn't know they were one-hit wonder until uh, I looked this up recently. Um, evidently, it's about the lead singer John Wozniak. By the way, John Wozniak, which is the name of the guy. Interesting. The Last Dance is any relation? Um, yeah. John, I have questions. John Wozniak, when he was in college, said that a girl walked in on him and his girlfriend in uh, the dorm room at uh, it was some small liberal liberal arts college in in Pennsylvania. He said the girl said it smells like sex and candy in here, and it stuck. And who knew that that would make their musical careers um, and make them a fortune of money too? Number eight on the Billboard. Yeah, it was a good song. You don't have to have sex with smelly people if you're at number eight on the billboard. No, you're done with those days. It doesn't smell like sex and candy. It just smells like candy now. Yeah. 
I they're they're gonna be at eight for me. Um, that's a good pick. I like yeah, that song. Yeah, they're gonna be at eight. Uh, now seven. Hootie and the Blowfish. Everybody, loved, everybody loved to hate on that on him. Everybody loves to hate on Hootie and the Blowfish, but nobody likes to hate on, you know, Darius Rucker. Like I feel like exactly. Everybody exactly. loves Darius Rucker. Everybody hates Hootie and the Blowfish. I, for one, do not hate Hootie and the Blowfish. Not only did Dad blast it in the boat and the suburban. But when you go back and listen to Crack Rear View Mirror or whatever, Crack Rear View, which was a very 90s album cover as well. Yeah, the album art's very 90s. The songs that you that really made noise are not the good ones. Uh, Running From an Angel is the song that I think aged the best, most unexpectedly. It was not a single. Uh, it's one that I think would do well in 2020 on the mainstream waves. Uh, but it, it aged well, and I, I love Hootie. So give me them at uh, at 10, 9, 8, 7. At 6, rounding out my bottom five of my top 10, what's the frequency, Kenneth? Uh, so some folks are going to say REM's too good to make the list. Yeah, you, you know what? I, I could see that. I, I can totally see that. Um, but just in case they don't criticize me, I'd like to put them at six. <laughs> and and you know what? If, if you don't think that what's the frequency, Kenneth, is bad enough music, uh, I, I'll slide silver chairs tomorrow in there. I mean, I, I doubt people take no, silver chairs. No, isn't here. what's the frequency about some guy who like uh, attacked Dan Rather in the street and yelled at him, what's the frequency, Kenneth, or something like that? I think uh, I think it was true. and. REM, by the way, I'm not anti-REM. I just know there's a lot of anti-REM sentiment. By some. Yeah, a lot of their songs sound the same. People would complain about it. Yeah, it was poppy. Yeah. But, you know, my sixth grade girlfriend, her dad worked for REM. And uh, I don't want to dox her or anything. But I just want to take this time to thank Courtney for all the, uh, the band gear. She was really cool. And her dad was awesome and got some band gear for me. And uh, I gave her a Goosebumps book for Christmas. I wrapped it. I had read it already. I wrapped it, and uh, I gave her a Goosebumps book in six grade. Um, That's awesome. So, yeah, oh. I, what's the frequency, Kenneth? Is, uh, Leave them. It was an investment. They made an investment early. Yes. It paid off today. It paid off today. I love it. So give me your top five here. Okay. My top five. Yeah. At number five, Meet Virginia by Train. I support it. I was I went to a train concert at a place called Tracks in Charlottesville for any of the Charlottesville listeners, and you probably remember this. Tracks was a rough place. I shouldn't have been in there in 1995 <laughs> or, or 98, whatever it was. Still plays today. It warmed my heart at number four. It warms my heart that you were on the pooper listening to "Bitch" by Meredith Brooks because she made my list at number four. Wow! Wow! Yeah. Somebody's going to psychoanalyze my picks and determine that I'm just a whack. Um, maybe with, yeah with bitch i touch myself and i'm too sexy yeah it only gets worse from here three i think this some may uh, la vida loca let's face it you put that song on and you're bebopping around ricky no. martin la vida loca at number three no no you're not bebopping to that no in fact uh, i'm reconsidering this whole thing <laughs> this whole friendship this whole La Vida, are you serious? 
Bro, Come I on. stand that song. You know, the only thing I can stand less is Matchbox 20 doing stuff with Santana. Yeah, fair. All right, Harsh. Number two, What <laughs> is Love by Hathaway. I mean, made, yeah. Made famous by Night at the Roxbury. It's very synonymous with Night at the Roxbury and a fun song still. A lot, yeah. of, a lot of, you know, uh, cricks in people's necks from trying to do the Night at the Roxbury thing with the head. Yeah, and I think the song was garbage when it came out, and now it's, like, transcended to, like, so bad it's good garbage. Yeah, you know what? You're right about that. You're you're right about that. It's a it's a more listenable Barbie girl. Yeah, Barbie girl didn't make my list. I have standards. No, but I mean, Barbie, you know what I mean. It was like, yeah, you know, I, I don't know what that song was made for, but it's we're here and we have it, and it's high on your list. And number one, and under the theory that if a stadium still plays it today, it's still good, is Macarena. Macarena. Number one, for music that's aged well. When it came out, it was kind of cool, and everybody laughed and did the dance. Then they played it so much, everybody hated it. Fast mm-hmm. forward to nowadays, people play it, it's cool again. You know what? I, um, I'm not going to shit on that take. I, you know, like, it's hard to age when you were never sounded like 90s music at all. Like, if you really disassociate it with, you know, the, the stadium, now that's what I call music, the, you know, the various billboard top 10 CDs that it was on. It was like nothing else that we were listening to in the 90s. Right. And it was overplayed and people hated it. And now that it's coming back, people are like, ha, oh, there's a fun little dance to do. And it's like this fresh new thing again. I don't think people even know it was in the 90s. And the song almost didn't happen. It was originally written like at some club after a lady named Diana. And they decided really? to name it. Yeah, they decided to name it Macarena after one of the dude's daughters. Huh. I, I venture to say that if it was Hey Diana, it goes it nowhere do as well. Doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, it wouldn't do as well. You're right about that. Um, I wonder where Macarena is now. What, like on a list somewhere? No, the daughter that they wrote Macarena about. Ooh, I like that. That's a quest for the truth, there, my friend. I think she goes around and tells people, like, hey. I am like actually the Macarena. Maybe. Okay, so my top five, and this is really hard, man. I mean, it's you know, this is it's not necessarily what song you like the best, it's what's age is the best. Again, give me at five uh a song that you're not gonna remember just based off me saying the title or the band, Plowed by Sponge. Um oh, no, I argue I they had a CD cover with candy corn. Right up your alley. Tastiest album cover of all time. Tastiest album cover ever. I like it. I mean, I'm salivating right now thinking about that album cover. Yeah. Candy Corn is is elite. Uh, I died on that hill in October. Say a prayer for me. Say a prayer. And then I got the backup guy. Totally love it. Yeah. And and, uh, it's another top song that you can't remember the name of. I'll put that at five. Um, give me, oh, here's what you forgot, okay? And I'll probably slide it into six and move something around. Possum Kingdom. The oh, toadies. Shit, the toadies. You blew it. You I blew it. it. You had it written down. I stayed off it because I thought it was on your top 10. 
you forgot that's an elite song it's top five worthy however we got here we got here just know that we respect the toadies they're they maybe just missed the bubble due to clerical error f4 i'm gonna go with everclear not to be confused with everlast uh which right. we i flirted with discussing uh but here we are we are discussing everlast uh is everlast bad music no i don't think so it is what it is uh everclear still slaps big time father of mine but santa monica santa monica uh really still hits right where it needs to hit i you agree know? with that thing i could listen I told- to that in a group of people yeah yeah i like that pick a lot okay i'm trying to remember the the santa they were kind of an older group looking guys weren't they yeah they got looking they got old looking fast but i i <laughs> let me say this of all the 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 groups that we're talking about here i have respect forever clear uh <laughs> ever clear <laughs> is gonna make my top five they're at four with santa monica also honorable mention father of mine three this is one that I'm passionate about, okay? You cannot convince me that Uh-oh. offspring, the offspring are not important or that self-esteem is not a certified banger, okay? 36-year <laughs> career, nine albums. They have some poppy stuff. They have some stuff that you remember, but, like, they were a are part they, of that group. Huh? Are they the ones that said, gotta keep them separated? Is that awesome? Yeah, uh-huh. hey, yeah, dude. And when you were like, when you were like a preteen, you were like, yeah, like th- these guys are tough. And, uh, yeah. but they had a big, long career. They're part of a group that kind of revived punk as it pertained to, uh, the mainstream in the 90s. And we just got interrupted because the kids came in to say goodnight, uh, for those listening. And my lovely wife, Meg, stopped by, um, She's not really into 90s music. I don't know what she was doing in the 90s, but it wasn't listening to this music. Um, she did mention that maybe I should take a good hard look at the Hanson Brothers group, which... No, negative. No. Not only is that a bad call, but uh, also... No. It's, it's just Hanson. No. Hanson Brothers. It's just Hanson. Mm-bop mm, does not get better. Stop. No. More no. like stop. Um, I hear people that are like, that song still makes me happy. And I'm like, no. No, it never makes me never. happy. Makes me the opposite no. of happy. Okay, so I was on a good band, The Offspring, 36 years, nine albums, part of the group that revived punk as it per- pertained to being mainstream. The lead guy, I forget his first name, Holland, uh, he just completed his PhD thesis in molecular biology. What? He's a, he's a fucking genius, dude. No way. Keep separated molecules. That was all about molecules. It turns out. Holy cow! Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you think anybody in his PhD class knew he was offspring? I don't know, man, because they're pretty young. Probably they're a lot younger than him. I mean, he's he's way older now, and he's in there just. I respect another band that I, I really respect here. I respect this guy, uh, Holland, and I respect the Offspring. So Offspring self esteem at three. So two and one here. This was a tough call. The song that damn near spurred this entire exercise was um, was in the meantime by Space Hog, and they're going to come in oh. at number two. So in, in the meantime is a great song. VH1 was like my grow. Like you grew up on VH1 in the nineties. Yeah, they had a show. VH1 had this thing called Pop Up Video. Do you remember that show? Pop Up Video. 
and they had the bubble facts on it. Oh, I loved it. For some reason, I always remember Space Hog, that one of the dude's jobs before he joined Space Hog was like killing rats in a New York City cafe. What? Yeah, before he actually got in the band, his job was to kill rats. He was like Liam Neeson in the gray, but like a hipster in the 90s. Exactly. I don't know why. Like when, I, when we started this whole 90s thing, VH1 just pops in my head. And I remember. I love pop up video. Hog. I remember the whole Space Hog video, all of it. Listen, fact, I think one of the dudes married lived Tyler. He should. He deserves it. They did a great thing. This, uh, this, this song in the meantime is, um, and some of y'all out there might not know what song I'm talking about. With this song, it's one of those songs that, like, I've never known the words to. Not yeah. And then, yeah. <laughs> but I, I won't, I won't for the life of me look it up because it's part of the mystique. Is I don't know what he's saying. Now, the, the thing that kept this song from being number one for me is the bridge. The bridge on this song really sucks. Everything else about the song is damn near perfect. It's a classic. I, I think Space Hog was in one of my first shipments. Do you remember Columbia House? It was this weird thing where you would sign up and get 20 CDs for like 99 cents. But then the next month, your parents would get a bill for like 40 bucks for one CD. Ah, you yeah. remember? So they yeah. gamed you. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's great. And like every kid growing up in the 90s, parents got stuck with like two $40 bills before they pulled the plug. Was it randomized? No, you got to pick them. Space Hog was in there for me, man. Oh, that's great, man. That's I, I'm so glad we can come together over Space Hog. You really worried me with the Levita Loca stuff. Um, and the Will Smith thing. I took a bit of a beating on Will Smith. No, I mean, I gave you a beating because, you know, uh, you know Will Smith in, in, in college is, is it's soft. Is, you know, it's 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 a lot to 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 comprehend because I used to think of you as this uh, this man among men. Yeah. Um, number one here, it's a it, jumper by Third Eye Blind. Okay. Yes. 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 I, yes. I'm, yeah. I'm giving him. I'm giving him the title. Okay. Jump. <laughs> jumper. Wish you would step out. <laughs> Listen. I never thought that in 2020 I would be saying like jumper is one of the songs from the 90s that aged the best but the last two and a half minutes of the song is is legendary you know the guitar riff the first minute and a half kind of pedestrian but the last two and a half minutes is that good that good i would understand <laughs> i love I that understand that yeah. is a sleeper i'm yeah i agree it fits the bill for the whole exercise i love that song I love the song. So that's our top 10. You know, we're going we're gonna to mock this up so you can see it online. And we're also going to put all these songs that we mentioned on a playlist. Uh, and maybe a few other surprises. Like, we didn't even talk about uh, one of my favorite. I, I, I can't say the song. Yeah, you have to. Say it. No. I can't say yeah. The song is just, it's so mindlessly good. But the title of the song, I can't get past. It's, If You Don't Love Me, I'll Kill Myself by Pete Drod off the Dumb and Dumber soundtrack. Maybe the nostalgia is getting to me, but that's not a song title that I think plays. I mean, that's really bad tactic to get somebody to love you. Yeah, if you don't love me, just leave it there. If you don't love me off the Dumb and Dumber soundtrack is tremendous. There's some we missed here. Um, you know, Praise You we talked about by Fatboy Slim. It's not actually bad. Uh, and by the way, I don't want to disrespect Matchbox 20. Um, 
I don't know if earlier we were joking, but offline we said that are they still getting gigs? Matchbox 20 is absolutely getting gigs. They'll randomly get like a halftime show on Thanksgiving for like a Lions game in 2022. I just know it's going to happen and they'll get like a nice Super Bowl party. I'll be at like Super Bowl in two years and they'll be like, and next up, Matchbox 20. You know, like, so Matchbox 20 is going to be at one of the like off off venue pre Super Bowl shows. The pre pre parties. Yes. The Nokia party. Yeah. So hope you all enjoyed it. Again, these were um, songs that aged better than we thought from the 90s. So go down the rabbit hole, Coach Wookie. Uh, your host, Chris Long. We'll be back Friday. Leave it at that. Y'all take care.